0: I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. Come on. You're listening to Heat Check from Trista Crick, Odyssey's official NBA podcast. Find that wherever you get your podcasts. And live, all throughout Free Agency, Summer League, and beyond. I'm trying to look at rock. I'm trying to look at my notes at the same time. It's just not quite the same situation. Let's start today's show by saying today's a good day for Kyrie Irving to be traded to the Lakers. Let's start today's show by saying today is a great day for Kevin Durant to be traded to the Phoenix Suns. Let's start off today by saying today is a great day to see Russell Westbrook anywhere else besides L.A. Let's be honest, it's not working. And I want to see him suffer. I want to, see, no, I don't. I don't. But I do want to know what he does if he goes somewhere else. And I don't think he's going to spend one moment in a Nets uniform. I just don't see it. Also, the teardown is complete. It's happening. Let's get Donovan Mitchell to be the bad guy and request out. Now, like, it's happening. But before we get started, a couple of notes around the league. There's a couple of news. Items happening. Jody Allen, current owner of the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, What do I say that hasn't already been said? Jody, sell the damn team. We know you don't care about this team. She put this tweet out. Let me go look for it real quick, Brock, because it is just outrageous. Jody Allen, for you to have the gall to say what you said, Makes no sense. This is what she said. As chair of both the Portland Trailblazers and the Seattle Seahawks, my long-term focus is building championship teams that our communities are proud of. Like my brother, Paul, I trust and expect our leaders and coaches to build winning teams. (laughs) That's such a shady comment about Seattle and and Portland and free vault. As we've stated before, neither of the teams is for sale and that there are no sales discussions happening a time will come that given changes given Paul's plans to dedicate the vast that's a typo a time will come when that changes given Paul's plans to dedicate the vast majority of his wealth to philanthropy but estates of this size and complexity can take 10 to 20 years to wind down there is no preordained timeline by which the teams must be sold until then My focus and that of our teams is on winning. That is such a lie. That's such a lie. Just sell the team to Phil Knight. By all means, just get rid of this thing. We know you don't care. We know you don't know anything about sports, Jody. Paul Allen, let's be honest. Paul Allen never invited one athlete to any of his parties. He was all musicians and actors and people in the entertainment field. He saw the athletes as like something else, not to be mixed. Sell the team, Jody. I don't know what's going on. As a Portland Trailblazer fan, for her to try to tell me she's going to hold my team hostage for 20 years is something I don't know if I can stand for. Like, that just needs to get fixed ASAP, Rocky. I don't know. Just like Brian Windhorst would say, what was she saying that for? Why would she do that? I don't know uh moving on i've been thinking more about the rudy gobert trade i have and i think wow that is a tremendous amount of picks that minnesota had to give up i'm starting to understand that we must trust in tim Connolly. tim Connolly is the one who identified rudy gobert who ended up going to utah and not denver tim Connolly's first order of business is to turn not turn i would say Put Carl anthony Towns in a situation where he doesn't have to be what he isn't, right? Carl anthony Towns is a four, masquerading in a fives body. He doesn't want to be the rim protector. He doesn't want to have to deal with anchoring a defense and getting in foul trouble, then limiting his offensive weaponry. weaponry. He is kind of soft. So to put him in a position where he's supposed to be the tough guy and the guy who to protect your team bad and it shows me that tim Connolly is all about providing rudy with the pieces that he needs to be successful around so i actually like the move and i and we'll talk more about what minnesota did later because i think they might be one of the most underrated teams in terms of the moves that they made this offseason. and I think that they might be a team as a dark horse in the West. I know that's crazy to say they could be this year's Dallas. I'm saying it now. They could be the team that comes out of nowhere and makes it to the Western conference finals. They're going to be insanely difficult to deal with. Uh, Minnesota now first rounders. They're like, what do we care? Honestly, we've got first rounders in the twenties. Now it's not like these are lottery picks. There was a new article that came out on ESPN plus, I'll tell you what it said if you don't have it. It's basically like if you don't have picks 1 through 15, what you have is a bench guy. So are you willing to give up five bench guys for a defensive player, two-time defensive player of the year? Yes. Overwhelmingly, yes. Minnesota is not a lottery team anymore. They're a team that's going to the playoffs. They have a really good coach. They've got a front office and new ownership group that's trying to make them contend Or at least make it to the second round of the playoffs. Do you think the second round of the playoffs gets you picks 1 through 15? No, sir, it does not. So who cares? As they would say in the biz, fuck them picks. That's what uh, Les Snead said. Fuck them picks. Let's go out and get OBJ. Let's go out and get Matthew Stafford. Let's go out and get Von Miller. And let's go out and get something for those fingers. Let's go out and get something for those fingers, folks. So... That's really interesting to me because for every Bones Highland, for every Tyrese Maxey, there are five Zeke Najis. There are five Malachi Flins. And the Gobert, tra- Gobert trade, really, I call him Gobert, the Gobert trade really for me is all about Cat. And that is something that we can talk about at a different time is what if the Lakers were smart, they would do for Anthony Davis. Shocker, little hot take that I just thought of right this second. If the Lakers cared about their team, they'd trade LeBron James. Yes, they would. They would build around street clothes. They would build around skin, skin of paper, bones of glass, Anthony Davis, and they'd find him a big rim protector, like DeAndre Ayton or Rob Williams or one of those. But they won't because they care about money because they're broke like all family businesses the next generation more and more cheap, cheaper than the last brock. All right, let's move on underrated. I can't hear you laugh, which sucks underrated, free agent signings, uh, in trades to me, the most under the radar team is Denver. Like they're not the best free agent team or signing team, but they're the most like under the radar, how much better. We don't know, but they did make moves what they did. Traded Will the Thrill Barton, they traded Monte Morris, they got KCP back. Who, let's be honest, KCP is basically going to step in in case MPJ isn't fully healthy. A wing who can get threes, who can slash, stand in the corner. Not to say that's what MPJ does, but you kind of need somebody on the perimeter if he's not healthy. Uh, They signed DeAndre Jordan, low-key, kind of rim protector signing. How much legs and knees and ankles does he have? Not sure, but it doesn't really matter. Just stand there like Hassan Whiteside. Uh, they also picked up Bruce Brown. Interesting. <laughs> the delay, the laugh delay, amazing. Um, they picked up Bruce Brown, two years, $16 million. And I think that helps him. I think that helps them play small ball five. He solidifies Denver as having done something. Like if he wouldn't have picked up Bruce Brown, they're basically saying we're okay with getting worse, Right. Denver's done something interesting in getting a guy who's very versatile. He can rebound. He can get assists. He had two games in the first round of the playoffs where he had 20-plus points, and he had like almost 10 rebounds in those games. And you add him to Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and a two-time MVP alongside Aaron Gordon. This team could be really, really interesting. And, and they have something now that's very hard to find. Malleability. The ability to shapeshift your lineup, depending on your opponent. The ability to go big or small, or big or small. That you can't tell with my hands, but I did the wrong way. I I went small, big. Anyway, I think this team is interesting. And I think that it shows that they're thinking about the postseason and they're not really thinking about the regular season. Cause you can be a four or five seed and still go a long way. We saw that with Dallas. We've seen that with teams like Portland. We've seen that with teams like Denver in the past. He cuts really well. Bruce, he defends really well, he can score. Like I said, he averaged 14-5 and 3 in the Boston series with 23 and 26 in two games. Up from 8-4 and 2 in the previous playoffs and Brown to me is one of the few few signings you can actually tell your fan base, listen, we're actually trying to do something. Make no mistake. This is a move to say we have to be more versatile on defense. Bruce can can guard 1 through 5 when Jokic is not on the floor. So that's very interesting to me. Number 2, Boston. Malcolm Brogdon is a very interesting trade. It helps them immensely. I'm going to say it. If Boston had Malcolm Brogdon on this team against the Warriors, I think they might have won. That's how important someone like Malcolm Brogdon is. He's a real point guard who can truly play make. He can be consistent in the perimeter as a scorer. He's a really good deep three-point shooter. He's decent on on on-ball defense. He's 6'5". He's like what you would want Peyton Pritchard to do, but he's going to get cooked, right? Peyton Pritchard became a liability on defense. Malcolm Brogdon's not a liability on defense, but he can do even more offensively than Peyton Pritchard can do because he's much bigger and he's just more of a vet, right? He's very composed. He's very safe. He's a very sure-handed, late-game point guard which is exactly the opposite of Marcus Smart, who makes wildly crazy decisions. He shoots well from three, really slept on, 42% on catch-and-shoot threes. And he's going to get a huge number of open looks, too. He's 6'5", physical, much more versatile uh, as an option than somebody like Peyton Pritchard. And like I said, this team with, with Brogdon wins it all last year, I think. I think so. Not just because of defense, because he has 1.8 turnovers per game in his career. And on a team that literally was averaging like 20, 20 playoff turnovers against the Golden State Warriors, like you need that. And he's going to get a lot of three-pointers open with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And he's going to be able to fill out that kind of guard role like Derek White, but a better three-point shooter, better defender. It's just interesting. It's an interesting move. Another number three underrated move, Dante DiVincenzo to the Warriors. Super low key under the radar. Nobody's talking about that. Very unhappy in Sacramento. They tried to get him twice, it did not work either time. And now we know that the Warriors want Swiss Army knives. And that's what, if you look back at what D- Dante DiVincenzo did in uh, Villanova, at Villanova during his time to win the chip there. Very underrated, active defender, not only on help defense, just off the ball in general, gets his hands in the passing lanes. Pesky, 6'4", but with a pretty long wingspan. He can dunk, he can block. We saw that very marquee block that he had. I think it was in the championship game, if not in the final four. He's not as good of a defender as Gary Payton Jr., but you know what? Or Perry Gary Payton II, but you know what? It doesn't really matter. Like, this is what you could afford. Gary Payton's gone. So how are you gonna replace him? He's not as good of a three-point shooter. He shoots like 33% from three, but he's much better in terms of catch and shoot. 42% on catch and shoot threes. And he's gonna be a good three and D guy. Six, four, can block, very long, really, really high basketball IQ at a time or in a place where you have to have a pretty good IQ to run complex schemes, which Golden State wants to run. Deflects a ton of balls, tracks the ball really well, insane motor. Not a replacement for Peyton, but I think very underrated signing. Speaking of Gary Payton, Gary Payton to Portland, love it. One, makes Golden State sad, awesome. Two, makes Damian Lillard happy, even better. Oakland connection, Gary Peyton grew up in Oakland, Dame grew up in Oakland, and those Oakland roots run deep. I think that's very important. He's a Swiss army knife in ways that I think Chauncey Billups is going to be able to use uh, in really unique situations. He's an insane defender for how small he is. He's got a long wingspan, pesky, definitely someone you don't want to defend you if you're a player, right? Like that is something that I think is very important. You can't understate how good he is as a role player. He defends one one through five. He's a very explosive athletic roller. He can get out into transition, get steals, extremely explosive. And when I say he gets steals, like that's an understatement. He had led the league per 36 in steals. 2.8 steals per 36. Put that man in in the game, coach. On the ball, like I said, he's a total pest. He was one of the main reasons, I think, that Boston lost that series, not just because of his defense, because of his rebounding abilities, because of his ability to roll to the rim and know where things are going to develop. He's in the right spots all the time. He has a nose for how things run. I mean, it's almost like his dad played professional basketball at a very high level. It's almost like that. Exactly the match you would need to play besides Dame since Dame plays no defense, and he is going to lock Dame up in practice. Boy, I can't wait to see something like that. I need to know what those practices look like, because he's gonna be in game's asshole inside of it. Uh, Number five, here's another one nobody's talking about. Josh Akoji to the Phoenix Suns. These are like very niche moves, right? Like nobody's really interested in these players, but I think that they're very interesting and will be talked about in the season as, as like a linchpin for a team that's looking to elevate from postseason success to getting over the hump, right? He had a down year last year because Anthony Edwards is taking his spot, taking all of his minutes. He can split defenses. He can slash from the perimeter. He's a really good rim runner. He has really good hops. He can play above the rim and dunk. He can block really well, has a nose for the ball, hunts the ball down. He does some of the things that you would hope a guy like Aiton would do. Like, he's not a center. He's not going to be a center. But he can do some of the things that Aiton does well because it looks like Aiton's gone, right? He's going to be really helpful if he's using the right spots. And I think the most important thing is he's 24 years old. He's 24. He reminds me kind of of Isaac Okoro in Cleveland. Plays that, like, tweener role. Not, like, exactly a pure shooter, but definitely somebody that you want to play an integral Jared Vanderbilt type of deal, which is exactly the kind of thing that he likes to do. And he's long. He's six four with a seven-feet wingspan. That's huge. And if he can get settled in the re- – yeah, I mean, that's big. If he can get settled in the regular season, I think he plays important minutes coming in the playoffs. If he's six four, he can play a, like a four spot in a small ball lineup. And I think he can still play defense on, you know, two, three, fours. Another one. Pretty much the Wolves as a whole, I like what they did. But Kyle Anderson just ended up departing Memphis in a way that nobody even is speaking about at all. He's kind of like this year's Derek White. Comes from the Spurs system, very boring player, very slow, very light-skinned, very fundamental. And you know what? Awesome role player started a ton of games for Memphis, very shifty. They call him slow-mo because he literally looks like he's moving through sand. And that's fine. Like guys who play fast on defense don't know what to do with my man, Kyle Anderson. I honestly consider them the same person, Kyle Anderson, Derek White. I get them confused for each other all the time because their games are similar. They both played for the Spurs at around the same time. And you know what? They're amazing role players. That's what he's going to do. He's not a great three-point shooter, but everyone seems to fall for his, for his pump fake. And I don't know why, but everybody seems to fall for it. An annoying player for defenses. He gets his shot off. His arms are so long. He has great body control, great footwork, and he's a really willing passer. Great at passing lobs. I think that's going to be very interesting for Rudy Gobert. I think that's going to be very interesting for Carl Anthony Towns. Really good at passing pocket passes as well. Good bounce passer, especially in tight windows and in like very packed spaces. It's a solid pickup, man. He's going to step right in to a really good role. He had 101, 161 steals last year. Memphis was the number one team uh, in steals last year, and he he was second on the team at steals. That is something that they're going to need because that was one of the things that the Wolves did really, really poorly. He can handle the ball a little well, uh, and he's got experience. He's very poised. He's going to help this roster a lot, I think, during the playoffs. And John Moran even said, like, that's my dog. I'm going to be missing him. And and you have to understand that if Jaw thinks you're important to a contending team, then he's going to help at a very critical juncture for Minnesota. And I think Minnesota in general actually is – a team that has made multiple good moves. Like they got Bryn Forbes. Nobody's kind of, nobody cares about Bryn Forbes, right? But he's a good spot up shooter. This is like, we've talked about this before. This is a league where you need stars and you need capable, competent role players that are versatile. And that's him, that's Bryn Forbes. I think Minnesota has a real shot to be a dark horse next year. Much like Dallas was this year, love these moves for them. All right, uh, let's look at a few free agent signings out there that have yet to break. Let's look at who and explain what I think is going on there. Number one, number one free agent signing that we need to know what's happening is probably DeAndre, right? He's the white whale of this offseason. The big prize that's actually out there, not the trade prize, but the actual prize that you can go out and get. Connected probably in some way to what's happening with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant looks like he's probably going to Phoenix from what I hear today on Tuesday, July 5th. Probably a three-team trade given that Ben Simmons and DeAndre Ayton cannot be on the same roster together. There's a lot of chatter that Utah wants DeAndre Ayton. How they're going to get him is going to be complex. Who's getting picks for who? Because Utah is going to want to give Utah's going to want DeAndre Ayton. Suns are going to want something for him back. Kevin Durant's going to get there. But then, okay, so what's going to happen with these pieces moving around like musical chairs? So I think this is going to be really interesting. I think another one that makes a ton of sense is Toronto. He would be amazing in the Nick Nurse scheme. Like, that's exactly the kind of big man they need. They ended up getting Christian Coloco in the draft, which I liked a lot. But Christian Coloco is a rookie. And that this team wants to contend or do anything of note, DeAndre Ayton would definitely help them in that sense. Number two, where is Colin Sexton going to go, man? Like, I don't know. When when the Cavs signed Darius Garland to five years, $193 million, a potential to, to make $231 million, that was supposed to be Colin Sexton's deal. Colin Sexton wanted to be a max player. He ends up tearing some ligament. I want to say it was the ACL, but it could have been MCL and ACL. And it's an absurd contract that no one thought two years ago Darius Garland was going to get, right? So that means most likely Colin Sexton, who has the same agent as Darius Garland, clutch sports, of course, or Rich Paul, you're going to say, well, if Darius Garland can get that, then we must be able to get something in the neighborhood of that. Maybe not in the 30s, but maybe in the 20s. Anthony Simons got something in the 20s. So what's going to happen there? Uh, He's been on a steady downward trajectory since his rookie year. He missed last year, like I said, due due to injury. But especially since the team was really good without him and they signed Ricky Rubio to three years, $18 million, another underrated signing that flew under the radar, I guess. I don't know how he fits into the scheme of what they want to do unless he's willing to take like $8 million. And I don't think a guy like Colin Sexton wants to make $8 million. Executives seem to value him at around 10 to 12, which is – Wow, that is low. That is really low. Number three, Carmelo. Rumor has it, he wants to come back and play for the Knicks. Swan song. Don't hate it. uh, Numbers weren't actually that bad uh, with the Lakers in his final year in Portland. He had 13, 4, and 1. I think he can be an effective three-point shooter. 15 minutes per game, 10 minutes per game. Does it move the needle? No. Do the Knicks fans really want him back? Probably not but I would like to see him happy. So go where you can go, Carmelo, on a, on a veteran free agent, veteran minimum contract. Number four, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Dude is out there dropping 38 points against Poland right now in the World Cup qualifiers and still can't get a sniff from an NBA team. Turn down the bag from the Lakers, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Then he ended up taking the mid-level exception from Boston. Then he gets sent to Houston on the de- at the deadline, only to watch his former team, Boston Celtics, go to the finals without him. Can he play? I think he can play. Is he a cancer? Probably. Does that mean he would fit in perfectly with the Lakers? Absolutely. And, like, they could get him for cheap, which is what they have to do. The Lakers feel like the best Free agent destination for Dennis Schroeder. Crazier things have happened. But I like that move for him. I really, really like that move. A uh, couple of other ones that I think are interesting to discuss. Really quickly, Juancho Hernan Gomez, AKA Bo Cruz from uh, our movie The Hustle. Possible destination, the only one probably for him is Minnesota. Minnesota, I don't know if you know this, I just found out this today. Wancho got Aunt Edwards the role as Kermit in the hustle. He was the one lobbying for Aunt to play the antagonist in that movie. And so to me, I need Wancho as a role player 15, 10 minutes. I need the Wancho and Kermit, Bo Cruz Kermit, like uh roommate situation on the road in Minnesota. I need it. I want to believe this was like maybe. Special effects, what they did, what he did as Bo Cruz. But I think Wancher still has some game. Caleb Martin has not been signed yet. His twin brother Cody got four years, $32 million from the Hornets. Caleb wants a similar deal. Would love him in Portland. He'd be great there. 6'5 wing, shoots 41% from three. Great 3 and D wing. He'd be a, a decent one. He's probably the last one that's available outside of outside of miles bridges which i think it's a wrap for miles bridges honestly that's that's the consequence of life but uh he's only 27 years old i'd love to see him go back to miami maybe portland can't wait to see where he ends up uh finally montrez harrell and miles bridges still haven't been signed yet well Yeah, that's the way that the cookie crumbles. Montrezl Harrell was pulled over in, I want to say, Kentucky, Louisville? Either Louisiana or Kentucky. Either it was Louisville or Louisiana. Bunch of weed, apparently, in his trunk. Like, a lot. Pounds. Uh, So, I'm not sure how that charge is going to work out for him, whether he's going to be playing. Interestingly enough, both Charlotte Hornets. And Miles Bridges, you can Google what happened with him. He got uh, arrested for some domestic stuff. No, no, no paydays when you have trouble with the law. So sad, depressing stuff there. That's all that we have. I need moves, though. I need moves. Like I need air because.